Hi, I'm Colleen Brennan. And I'm Janice Rodriguez. And this is Defending Indiana. A Christmas Story. Live action nativity scenes and Santa Claus. That's right. There's a lot going on in Indiana during the holidays. Join us while we talk to some of Santa's special helpers from Santa Claus, Indiana, and learn all about how the holidays are celebrated in the state. Hey, Janice. Hey, Colleen. Janice, this is our this is our first episode of season four, Defending Indiana. I'm very excited. I can't believe it. I can't believe it. It seems like forever. It, well, it kind of has been. I mean, if anybody, <laughs> it feels like it. If we had any audience that we had developed in the first three seasons, we probably lost them. In the they abandoned us. They're like, this gap was too long. I'm sick of defending Indiana. We, yeah. found, we found something else to listen to. Um, no, but I was, I was really excited for this episode because we've timed this we've been talking about this episode for like three years. This was always one that we wanted to have, but our timing yeah. has been way off. Right. Yeah. We thought about it like in February of the following year. Like it was like, oh, we missed that. Didn't we? Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then Most we were like, could we do it in the summer? No, we didn't right. think that was a great. So now we finally recorded it. Here we are Christmas season. And we've got a holiday episode. Oh my God. I love it. So my vision for this was like this very Hallmark movie kind of vision, right? Oh. I thought that I would like be that wacky woman who like put out like some sort of crowdsourcing question on on social media and like thousands and thousands of people would reply with their answers to my to my one prompt, which was tell me what things you love about holidays in Indiana. And how did that work out, Colleen? Two people replied. (laughs) It's more like a lifetime movie. It wasn't a Hallmark holiday movie. And one of them was to turn into your stalker. Sorry, I watch way too many of these. It was like sci-fi or something. I don't know what channel it was. It was bad. It was bad. It wasn't Hallmark Holiday, though. No, it was Comedy oh. Central. Um, so, like, <laughs> the delusional comedian. How Colleen ruined cares. her own holiday, yeah, by realizing how many of her friends don't respond to her on Facebook. You already yeah. know your friends don't listen to the podcast. Why do you keep setting yourself up? I don't I'm know. trying to protect you, friend. I know, I you know. <laughs> what a delusional moron. Anyway. Oh. Well, so, hey, listen, forgive them. It's Christmas time, holiday time, whatever you celebrate or don't. It's just busy in general. Well, then what do they say? So what do they, does, did, your two friends, somebody had some good memories of, of Christmas time, holiday yeah, time. So, so one, I'm going to, I'm going to go in right now and pull. <laughs> <this picture. laughs> she wants to be very that. accurate. Name okay. names too. Give credit to these people who participate. <laughs> who might be listening, maybe. Or we, at least we should tell them to listen because. Well, here, let me it. let me share a quick uh, a quick memory. This is anybody who grew up in in the region who had parents that worked at one of the mills. Uh, that's when you learned what double time and a half was, because <laughs> Daddy wouldn't be home until the next. Day. Daddy's not home for Christmas this year, Christmas. honey. He's like, honey, that's what double time and I'm like, I don't know what that means. He's like, let me explain it to you. <laughs> That means so, Santa's going to bring you more. Right, exactly. And I'm like, okay. Literally, I wrote a joke about this. I was like, oh, he's like, do you want, you know, your gem dolls, your strawberry shortcake, your dad home? I'm like, I pick <laughs> strawberry shortcake. And it's true. I'm sorry, dad. Um, but those yeah. the breaks. If you were, I had a lot of 
um, my other, my best friend growing up's dad was a fireman, never home either. Like, it's like, yeah. you took that, if you were shift work, you took that double time and a half back then. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. You'd celebrate another day. Yeah. <laughs> what is, what is a calendar anyway? Right. 25th. <laughs> ooh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, Joyce, lovely Joyce, uh, lovely Joyce. who's not even from Indiana. I, I believe Joyce is from Michigan. Fabulous woman. Right, she, bring her has, she has replied that they, she was, she was my very first person replied. She said that the Saturday before Thanksgiving, there's usually an impressive furniture auction in Shipshawana. Oh, and they like to go there because it was a great spot and perfect for holiday shopping. So I thought that was pretty cool. Right. Oh. All right. I've never been to Shipshawana. Have you? Never. No, but I think we've established that other than major never. highways, we've been almost nowhere. <laughs> we, had, we still haven't rectified. Oh, it's like, right. Yeah. Oh God. It's so sad. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I know what it is though. That's a lot of, is that a lot of Amish people in Shipshawana? Yeah. Yeah, okay. and it's um. I was like, was it Amish or Mennonite? I'm just see now. I'm just spreading misinformation. All right, it's probably it's probably both. Okay, we will need to know. clear Let's this up. Episode. Let's do another episode. Season four finale. We're <laughs> already messing shit up. We will <laughs> go back and clear it up later. No, the other response I did get. I'm sorry, three responses. I was oh, there we go. Three thousands. I got three, um, and then I got uh. Sharon says that while she was visiting uh, the lakefront up in Michigan City, she loves the Michigan City lights. They do this whole thing like at Washington Park, like this lights display. It's actually pretty cool. Used to drive the kids through it all the time when they were small. They loved that stuff. Um, and uh, she liked going to mass at uh, the church, St. Mary's Church by her. And then, uh, yeah, then somebody else replied, Mary Jo replied that they loved riding around in their golf cart. In the yard, even in the cold, it was a great house escape. I was so like, "Wait, this is in Florida. Who are these people from?" No, okay, this is fun in Indiana. <laughs> this is what we do in Indy. So, anyway, let's just put it this way: my inevitable conclusion after this attempt at crowdsourcing was that nobody really likes doing anything in Indiana over the holidays. There you go. Well, there you go. That that and there, the jolly elf just turned into a block of coal. Well, a awesome. black, cold chunk of coal in your stocking. That's me right now. Also, quick Google search. There are tons of Mennonites in Indiana. So there you go. We'll make a whole episode. There you go. Maybe not half an episode, five minutes of an episode to exploring. Yeah, there's a whole, the rural town. Oh, look it. The rural town of Shipshawana in Northeast Indiana is home to both Amish and Mennonites. You were right, Colleen. Done. Done. Thank look you. at that. We know, we, we, know already more did it. Than, we know more than we thought we did. We don't have to wait till the final episode. This has no. already been resolved. No, we've just opened it up for more mistakes. Um. Anyway. I love it. So so Christmas, Indiana, Thanksgiving, holidays in general. So we know that the region was missing their daddies. We know, and mommies, and we know that uh, there's a good light display in Michigan City and people like driving around in their golf carts in the cold. All right. So- Janice, tell me something else. Give me some Christmas hope. Well, like from my childhood? Yeah. It's so dark and dreary. No, I'm just joking. Well, no. Back then, they didn't care about um, like safety or anything. So, you know, child right. of the 80s. So I grew up, I was lucky enough, grew up, grew up across the street from a park. Mm -hmm. And they had this like kind of like sunken like field. 
Mm-hmm. There was a big pipe there. They would turn it on and turn it into an ice skating rink. Yeah. They don't do it anymore. But many a kid fell through. Many, many a like, we went out there and broke the eye. Like, we were just like horrible. And then I was thinking, how many gallons of water did we waste? Like, is this winter or Christmas? Can we, can we narrow this down to winter? But I felt like on Christmas, we'd go out there and like, I don't know, try to play. You know, once you have your toys, you wanted to go and like show your friends and brag because we were horrible yeah. people. Um, okay. How about this? How about this? So when I was a kid, so there, there's this, I I think a lot of baseball fans would know this guy. There's a, there was a guy named, uh, Charlie O. Finley who had a big farm in LaPorte County, Indiana. He was like, he was a, he was like an owner of, um, he owned like the Oakland A's. He, uh, I think he also owned Kansas city before he moved. Anyway, he was like a, he was like a big baseball guy. And I think he was like a big promoter of baseball events and like was sort of outlandish. Um, anyway, he used to have at his Laporte farm, he, he had, um, these Christmas displays that people would drive like thousands and thousands of people would go drive by. It was like their Christmas tradition. And he had like a, he had a, a live action actors on his lawn doing the nativity scene, like with a real oh, camel and stuff like that. Cause when you've got a lot of money in a farm in Indiana, that's the kind of stuff you do. Know, right. And so people used to drive them all around. And then eventually at some point, I think the neighbors complained. This guy's backing up traffic all the way to Hammonds. Right. Like the Bormans backed up. Like, what are we doing here? I-65 from the south. From Elkhart. From like six counties away. Elkhart to the to the west. Right. It was it was a mess. You get so, some Illinois uh, people. You're getting the Cal City, like the Lansings. Yeah. Michigan, you're not that far. 421, 65. Right. Then Harbor <laughs> people are coming. Forget it. It's over. <laughs> it turned into basically like he was running like. Could you imagine being his neighbor? I'm sorry. Like, this is where my little Grinch, like, I would have been calling the cops. I'm sorry. I would have, day one, get off my lawn, sir. I remember driving and being like, that's so, that's so cool that he's got, like, a real Marion Joseph. <laughs> you said we were talking. Did they have camels? And, like, yeah, he had like, like, made the whole manger and everything? Yeah. That's the neighbors. The neighbors were like, oh my God, this is, there's a barn. But it was a farm, but it was like not like a farm farm, right? I, I think it was a gentleman's farm. There we go. Like we don't deal with animals. Yeah. When they actually had to smell some horse poop, all of a sudden, that's it. We're calling the sheriff. I, like- don't, I don't know for sure. And please don't make me correct myself in, <laughs> in the 10th episode of the season. Right. But I'm pretty sure they had some animals, at least riding horses. I'm going to, I'm going to go out on a limb and say that there were at least like equestrian pursuits, but I don't know that. So now I'm going to have to go look it up. But there we go. did you get out of the car? Or did people just drive? No. The they stopped too long. And then they were, yeah. Yeah. So you just, you got in the line and then like part of the anticipation because we didn't have cell phones. What's right? That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so you can get excited. You know, back in the old days, we got excited. right. Nobody got ruined excited. it by taking a picture and putting it on Instagram first. We got Aww. excited by staring off into the distance to see what was coming. Let me. So we look at the lights. Look at the lights. Yeah, look at, they're getting closer. Closer. Why do I see? I'm sorry. I mean, it seem like your dad's like yelling. I'm just having a flashback. I feel like my dad'd be like, "You better appreciate this." I was in line for two hours. Right. Right. <laughs> Um, oh, but we were, but we were so mesmerized by the glow of the lights a mile away. 
<laughs> take our eyes off of them. Um, and then we'd get there. And then I, oh, I have a memory of driving in like a circular driveway. And that's where I saw like, that was the money shot. <laughs> Jesus. Joseph was banging on your window. Mary. Ah, get me out of here. I'm a professional actor. Mary yeah. and Joseph, live animals. And then, and then you drive home. So that was, that was some hardcore holiday, <laughs> but wait, okay. All right. It's way so, more fun than me trying to drown people in the pond across the street. I mean, 100%. I feel like that was is way better. Thing. Yeah. Yours was an all winter thing. Ours was just, it was just very so special because of- it was very limited in time. He's like, I'm trying to spread cheer. The sheriff's right. like, we can't do this anymore. You're literally backing up the highway. <laughs> right. All right. So, so you said that you found some like holiday celebrations around the state. So let's just, let's throw some love that way, Janice. I'm going to let you do this. Well, Hey, I'm going to start with my hometown, good old Hammond, Indiana. And I know Woo-hoo. I probably, I, I told Colleen and I, you guys, I hope you're still listening to our podcast. If you've listened at any of the seasons, I name drop two things all the time. One of them is that John Mellencamp was my commencement speaker. Class of 2000, Indiana University. That's right, baby. Um, and I will say that until I'm, I'm dead, dead, long gone. That'll be one of my favorite memories. Um, second thing is that A Christmas Story is about ham in Indiana. And that's yes, right. I don't care. Is. Cleveland, stop claiming it with your like house because they filmed it there. If you listen nope. to one of our other episodes about the uh, non-existent film office in Indiana. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You'll see, you'll remember, that's why we don't film a lot of things here, uh, tax credits and all that. It's Again, listen to that episode. Um, but super, so Cleveland has like claimed it because they filmed it there. They actually, the house, they replicate, or they left the house open. It's like a museum. It's like a whole thing. But Gene Shepard, the, the author of Christmas Story, is from Hammond. They yeah. named the town Homan, Indiana. My mom lives off of Homan Avenue in in Hammond. And so if you know, you know, like there's tons of references about the line going from here to Terre Haute. He's talking about 41. Okay. Mm -hmm. So like, it's a whole thing. Anyway, what's cool though, is that they're actually giving Hammond some love. The cast is getting back together. They're going to be at the um, visitor center. That's like off, uh, off the Borman. Um, Is that off of Kennedy? But it's the, it's the lake, like the South shore convention visitor bureau, right by the cracker barrel. You know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. If you know, and um, the cast is getting back together, including Ralphie, oh. um, who's actually like a big like producer and director in, yeah. in Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. So maybe he committed to this during the strike. I bet the strike's over now. So. But he's going to be there. It's going to be there on the, um, looks like it's uh, the 16th and 17th of this month. So check that out. And um, and I do want to say, say this too, Janice, about yeah. the Christmas story. So just so everybody knows, the original title for A Christmas Story, so it was based on a book by Gene Shepard, like yeah. a semi-fictional kind of book. Autobiography. Yeah. Uh, and his radio shows. Yeah. Yeah. From 1966, <laughs> the book he wrote was In God We Trust, All Others Pay Cash. So yep. that's the actual <laughs> name of the book that it was based on. I don't know why I felt it necessary to say that. You, I need you to. I need you to. Okay. Um, but yeah. Yeah. He grew up in, I believe, like North Hammond, and they've, they've done a lot of stuff in Hammond to like... Um, like I think they named, there's a couple of awards and they've named like the schoolhouse. There's all kinds of stuff. So they really are trying to celebrate them. But again, for so, Cleveland kind of took it because of the movie being filmed there. So we're trying to take it back. <laughs> That's the big thing. Take it back from Ohio. Take it back. Um, 
take it back. But it, honestly, there's so many things. There's a Chris Kindle market in Carmel. There's all kinds of um, things happening all over the state. And I'm laughing because I'm looking at all these places. I'm like, ooh, just adding to the list of places I've never been. Um, so yeah. <laughs> it's it's sad. It's so sad. But I mean, honestly, if you're into Christmas, you're into lights, uh, look up your local, you know, honestly, Google's your friend. There's a lot of stuff going on all over the state. There you know, really Christmas is. Markets. Yeah. Indiana does the does Christmas. I'll tell you that. That sounded gross when I said it. Okay. Well, yeah, that's more. <laughs> you also said money shot talking about the tent. That's fine. About we're the gonna, thing. We're gonna move. Oh on. God. What Sorry. I'm seeing here, Janice, is that there are. So it looks like Christmas in Shipshawana is a big deal. Okay, so we're back to Shipshawana, where, where the Mennonite and Amish people are. Correct. They it got is. it downtown there, and then, but there's also like there's like fabulous like. Christmas in the village in Zionsville and festival of gingerbread in Fort Wayne and festival of trees in Anderson, Indiana. So like literally we're covering every corner of the state. Take that Rockefeller center. Come on. (laughs) We don't need your tree or your your rockets. We don't need, we got Charlie O's farm and camels. Yes. And a Mary Prairie holiday at Connor Prairie and Fishers. Oh, wait. Kringle's carousel. Have you been there? I, think I was there. I think I went there yeah. once when we lived down there in, okay. in India. Maybe not. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, it's a thing like that's like they kind of keep the prairie. I've never been, but apparently they go all out for the holidays. They keep the prairie. I'm sorry. They keep it like a historical, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You could see how people lived in the olden days. Cool. 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 So before we, <laughs> before we, uh, we move to our fabulous interview today, I'm, I'm wondering if there are any, so part of the inspiration for this episode is also beyond my vision. Um, there is a town in Indiana called Santa Claus, Indiana, and it is a super famous town for being Santa Claus, Indiana, because they do some pretty remarkable things at Christmas. And I got to tell you, it's fascinating <laughs> to listen to these stories about how this all started and how it came about and how their traditions are carried on throughout the community um, year after year after year. So anyway, so we're going to hear a little bit about that. But we were both talking before we started recording about um, whether or not there were any holiday like Hallmark movies um, made about Santa Claus, Indiana. It just seemed like it writes itself. Like, come on. Like, what would that, what, like, if you could imagine a script for that, Janice, what would that look like? Like every other script, there's definitely a bakery involved. Uh-huh. It's a family bakery. Uh-huh. Someone's, their parents are about to lose it. She's a hotshot New York banker. Ooh. Comes Over back into town to save the, yeah, save the bakery, then runs into her old flame from high school. Ooh. You know, chaos and Christmas chaos ensues. They end up together at the end. This is like every plot of every Hallmark holiday movie. Okay. All right. Well, here's- there's always a quirky, like older person who like is like wise, and it's like, don't let the holiday spirit pass you by, you know? Yeah, yeah. Usually played by Ed Asner, I believe he's passed now, but he was like in every. <laughs> Am I wrong? Isn't Ed Asner in like every other Hallmark movie? I I don't know. I just you don't I just watch them, Colleen. You don't watch them. I do. They're my guilty pleasure. They're horrible. I love them. Do you know I've never I've never actually watched a uh, a uh, a Hallmark holiday movie but now yeah. i'm going i'm going to make it my point this year Binge watch right now after this just put it there's a whole channel they're on like now no they're they're putting them on early and i think they're showing them all year round now and there's like a separate channel 
There's Hallmark movies and there's Hallmark holiday movies. Okay. Like, do they play the holiday movies all year long, or is that? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. They didn't used to, but now they are. It's it's like a whole thing. It's it's wild. It's like rom coms mixed with the holidays, and I'm sorry, they're they're so predictable. But I watch them all. Okay. Okay, I'm here. They're always a bakery. Sometimes there's a prince involved. Somebody finds out they're royalty. There's a couple like specific plot lines that. I'd like to do one for Santa Claus. So did we find out? Was there one in Santa Claus, Indiana? Well, okay. So here's here's what I have found. Jenna Hudson and Kevin Jenner are polar opposites of working course, for the same online publication in New York City. Jenny! Told you! Told you! Told you! <laughs> With both having nowhere they want to be for Christmas, they volunteer for a special writing assignment. Oh! <gasps> After a snowstorm forces their plane to land in none other than Santa Claus, Indiana, the two are placed in a Christmas wonderland, and the focus of their story shifts to saving the historic town in run by Carol and Christopher Winters. How about that? There's always something something going out of business. There's always something. Wait, wait, wait. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. As the two overcome their differences, they also rediscover the magic of Christmas. But with the inn's fate in jeopardy and the return of Jenna's ex-boyfriend, <gasps> How is he there? lend a helping hand to try to bring Jenna and Kevin together. See? There we go. I'm sorry. I mean, it's magical. It's It's right there. Right there. So this time, instead of the bakery, there's an inn. There's a lot about inns. Yeah. There's a lot about rest. There's always a failing business. That's pretty much a like common theme. And reconcilable differences. Not irreconcilable, but, but literally reconcilable right. differences. Yeah. They always hate each other at the beginning and then at the end, you know. Well, I mean, I think that's a I think that's a great uh transition, Janice, into <laughs> I don't know if anybody else agrees with me, but we're recording this, so that's what it's going to be. Wait, what was it? What was it again? Snowed in Christmas. Okay, cool. I will be watching that tonight with popcorn. Thank you. Feature. It's a lifetime movie, though. Oh, okay. and I just read the IMBD summary in case if there's any. Wait, sort and nobody of... got murdered in it because Lifetime's all about like. No, Lifetime's They're... scary. Well, and it's not, and I've never. Well, I did in college. I read. I watched the Lifetime TV movies. Yeah, because they, they were like in, in this movie, like the ex is like a stalker, like this. Yeah, for it to be lifetime, it's a whole different thing. I'm okay. gonna rewrite the script, Colleen. Okay, well, the movie came out in 2017, apparently. Go check it out, but more importantly, stick around for some actual facts. Um, that we have actual experts uh explaining to us about the wonderful beautiful and fabulous resource we have in the state of Indiana, Santa Claus, Indiana. Our guests today are both residents of Spencer County, Indiana. Our first guest, Melissa Arnold, is the executive director of the Spencer County Visitors Bureau. And Kathleen Cruz is here as well. She's the director of the Santa Claus Museum and Village. Welcome to you both. Thank Thank you. you. 
We are very excited to talk today about Santa Claus, Indiana, because uh, Janice and I don't know a lot about it. Um, Janice is not joining us for this recording today, which I'm very sad, uh, but she and I have already had a chance to chat and talk about some of our thoughts about Indiana and the holidays and, and things that we didn't know and are learning. So you are one of the things that we are most interested in learning about because it's a very curious story. Santa Claus, Indiana. So can you tell us a little bit about your town's origins and its relationship to Christmas? I'll let Melissa talk about that. Okay. Well, I can tell you the legend of how the town got its name. Okay. And uh, Kathleen, jump in and correct me if I if I misspeak. But okay. It was back in the, the 1800s, the town was called Santa Fe, spelled Santa Fe, and the townspeople wanted a post office. So they went to the United States Postal Office to request one, but there was already a Santa Fe, Indiana, nearby. So they were denied. The townspeople kind of went back to the drawing board and, and thought, you know, what can we name this town so that we can get our own post office? Lots of discussions, maybe some arguments. Um, I wasn't there, but I imagine it got a little heated. Lots of names were tossed around. And finally, it was Christmas Eve. After a church service in the little log cabin in town, the townspeople said, okay, we've got to decide. This is the day. Um, they were gathering after church. The adults were talking. The children were playing. The children were running around, and a gust of wind blew open the front doors, and they heard sleigh bells. So the, the kids said, Santa Claus! And the adults said, That'll, that, that's it, Santa Claus, Indiana. Uh, so they, they renamed the town Santa Claus, Indiana re-requested the post office, and then the first Santa Claus, Indiana post office was established in 1856. So that is a wild story, which I'm sure has been embellished ever so slightly over the years, maybe? Maybe, maybe a little bit, but I mean, we we're, weren't there. We're, Who knows? Yeah, we're sticking with it. Yeah. I love it. So its relationship to Christmas is that this happened on Christmas Eve. Is that correct? When the townspeople decided to name it Santa Claus. Yes, according to the legend. And then, of course, just the whole connection of Santa Claus with the holiday. And so our town is America's Christmas hometown, and we celebrate Christmas year round. Okay. And so I have watched numerous TV interviews with people from Santa Claus, Indiana, and it's just so charming and adorable. But the thing that everybody's really highlighted is the letters to Santa that you can you explain to people because there are a lot of people who don't I didn't know this until I was poking around what is this that happens with volunteers and letters from Santa and Santa Claus Indiana can can one of you or maybe both of you can kind of tag team and explain what this is all about and how this got started yes so Melissa with the visitors bureau is wonderful about promoting the opportunity for children to write their letters to Santa when they come to the Santa Claus Museum and Village, they can do it on site. We give them a letter that says, Dear Santa. They are then invited to write their letter to Santa. And as long as they include, include a name and address, our elves help Santa answer all those letters. Wow. When they finish with their letter, they drop it into a magic mailbox that's in our original 1856 Santa Claus post office. And then they shake the jingle bells, which cause the elves to come and get their mail to deliver it to Santa Claus. And so 
when letters come from around the world or off-site to the Santa Claus post office, those letters are sent over to the Santa Claus Museum and Village, and our volunteer elves help Santa answer 25 to 35,000 letters every year. And what's super awesome about it is it never costs a child a penny to write a letter or to receive a letter. That's pretty wild. So let me let me make sure I'm understanding this correctly. The letters that you and your volunteers um, reply to are all those that are dropped in the magic post office box at or mailbox at your post office? Or do you also receive letters from the U.S. Postal Service that just come into the town? By Right. Yeah. Both. Both oh, of those. Oh. So whether they write them on site and drop them into our magic mailbox okay. or whether they write them to Santa Claus, we um, accept them and our elves and Santa answer those letters. So we do get letters that just say Santa Claus. Uh We get letters that say North Pole. We get letters that, you know, might even say St. Nick on the front. But if those letters are directed to the town of Santa Claus, Indiana, then with a return address, they are answered. 25 to 30,000. Is that what you said? 25 to 35,000. Yes. Wow. Okay. What's the most... um... What's the furthest away place that you've ever received or that you're aware of? Hmm. Well, the furthest away, that's, that's a geography question there. <laughs> um, well, we get them, we get a lot from Asia. So Taiwan oh. and China and Japan, we get a lot from Russia. Um, we get them from Australia. Wow. Um, all over Europe. and. Um, Hmm, I don't know that I've gotten any from Africa. Do you know, Melissa, have we? I'm not sure, but I will add yeah. that with all these letters, sometimes they're coming in different languages, of course. True. And the mm-hmm. elves work with our local foreign exchange students at the nearby high school to bring uh-huh. in some help if they need um, translation or they just need a little assistance in, in responding to those letters. So it's really neat how it's it's a entirely community effort. That's yes. fantastic. I love it. And then do, do, have either of you volunteered to help with those letters? Of course. Yeah. Okay. How many people in the town actually volunteer? I'm so curious about that. Well, that's, that's a tough question. Um, we get youth groups, we get scouts, we have a steady, um, loyal group of, of residents. Um, we have people who um, are new to the town who, you know, hear about it and decide. So I, we have never been able to give an exact number because some are repeats and some are one-timers. Um, but every Every day from the day after Thanksgiving until Christmas Eve, we have people writing all day long in groups of 10 to 15 at a time. So it's, it's, it's a nice, large number. Are you aware of any place else in the U.S. that does this? I know there are other places where you can send your mail and you can get a response, but you have to include a fee. 
Oh, so you're okay. So you're the only strictly well free service or yes, as far as I know. When the kids are writing the letters, you know, are there any are there any things that they ask for that seem very difficult to answer and in the letter? Form? Yes. Yeah. We have letters, we have received letters where they've asked, um, could mom please just get out of jail for Christmas? Um, could you please see if grandma can make it past Christmas? Um, she's in the hospital. So things like that, over which we have no control, of course, are very difficult to answer. Um, sometimes we get just a list of what they want. Other times it's just a greeting. And um, sometimes it's just a letter saying, Santa, thank you for all you do and for bringing joy to children around the world. We hope you have a Merry Christmas. So it's a it's a variety of uh, requests and um, uh, comments. So sometimes they ask for things like a pony. We never promise a <laughs> pony or a puppy <laughs> or anything like that. Generally, the messages are general, um, you know, a Christmas message um, and uh, uh, something personal to the child, if possible. For instance, maybe they love unicorns. And so Santa might say something like, uh, I, I understand that you love unicorns. Unicorns are really cool without saying, I'm going to bring you a unicorn backpack and a unicorn lunchbox and a unicorn, you know. So we try not to promise anything. No puppies, no horses, yeah. no puppies and ponies, <laughs> especially are not promised. And some of the funnier letters I know I've I've heard of, or you know, sometimes there's been a kid who has sent a key to their house because they don't have a chimney for Santa oh, exactly. to go in. Mm -hmm. So that had to be returned. Or there's um, a letter I heard about where they asked for their daddy to be smarter. <laughs> yes. So uh, my dad lots of entertaining. I think it's it's hilarious to read the letters and to to kind of it, it's great putting yourself in the holiday spirit. You know, you you really get to learn a lot about the world and and the people writing in. It's really neat. Yeah. Whenever whenever the elves come across a letter that's particularly uh, touching in some way, they'll read it aloud and the whole table of elves will laugh or the whole table of elves will cry. Mm -hmm. So it's a wonderful experience. It really is. I mean, I kind of want to come down and volunteer for a day. This sounds Come on down. <laughs> Maybe we could do a Defending Indiana broadcast live from the Santa Claus Museum. Let's do it, Colleen. Let's do it. Oh, it sounds like so much fun. It's uh and lots of good material for um stand up routines, which is where my Oh yeah. And Colleen it. also it it tells you things. So we have letters that date back to the 1930s. And there are kids who mention the depression. There are kids who mention the World War II. There are kids who mention uh my dad just got back from Vietnam, etc. And one that I got last year that I thought was very indicative of the time period was a little girl who said, Dear Santa, I'm writing you from Poland. I don't want you to lose track of me. I'm actually from the Ukraine, but my family had to move because wow. of the war. Yeah. So, you know, um, they, they do tell stories of all kinds. 
So really, it's a historical archive that you have there as well. I mean, that's, that's something that I had no idea about until now. So, so do you save all of the letters and archive them or? No, we do not. We, okay. we save a select few um, and letters that are not saved are shredded because children give personal information. They give their name and address. And we don't want a child ever to be a pre- be preyed upon because of a letter they wrote to Santa. Um, and even letters that are saved, that are displayed, the addresses are completely taken off. So there's no database. They are very um, secure in our possession or they are shredded. So for parents who are listening, if your children are interested in sending a letter to Santa, this is a perfectly safe space where the kids are protected because your addresses are not and your personal information are not exposed uh, at any Correct. point. Okay. Right. That's a good. That's another good thing to note. Once the letter campaign is over, what happens in Santa Claus, Indiana? Well, I'd say it's more about what's going on at the same time. Okay. So um, the, the letters are collected all year round, but of course the biggest push is during the holiday season. And then like Kathleen said, the elves are busy responding to letters and helping Santa from Thanksgiving through a few days before Christmas to make sure the letters can get back to the child who, who sent the, the letter. Um, but in addition to that, the town hosts a three weekend Santa Claus Christmas celebration so there's events the first three weekends of December, like chestnuts roasting on an open fire at Santa's Candy Castle. You There's a Santa Claus Christmas parade the second Saturday of every year. There's a craft show that's held also on the second Saturday. The Santa Claus Land of Lights, that actually kicks off Thanksgiving night. And that's inside Lake Rudolph. And it's a light show that tells the story of Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. So lots of activities and events like that throughout the season, plus shopping. The Santa Claus Christmas store is a huge store here, Evergreen Boutique, Santa's Toys, and wonderful spots like the museum have gift shops inside too with um, artisan-made items that are you can't find anywhere else. And Kathleen, are there special events that happen at the museum as well during this time? Absolutely. So we have an elf who helps the children write their letters to Santa. We also have um, Santa who visits in his uh, Santa's museum office. And then we have events going on in our beautiful historic 1880 Santa Claus church. So we have a Christmas concert. We have a bell choir. We have a rendition of um, Twas the Night Before Christmas. That's an interactive storytelling We also have Mrs. Claus that's got story time a couple of weekends. We have a performance of um, the Polar Express. And these these change um, year after year so that we have different activities going on, um, as well as just people being able to poke around in the museum and learn about the history of the town and the legend that Melissa shared about how we got our awesome name. And about how many people do you estimate come every year for all the festivities through the holiday season? Traffic count to the town, we don't have a a solid estimate or anything, but we know thousands and thousands are coming through things like the light show 
um, stopping in. We're about 15 minutes south of an interstate that goes mm-hmm. straight across Indiana. So we get a lot of traffic where people are just, they see the signs and they stop in for a little bit, as well as the people who come in for a weekend and it's part of their annual Christmas family traditions. Uh, so we see a lot of people during the holidays, especially on those weekends when all of the activities and events are happening. How fun. Well, you guys have been wonderful. And this has been uh, a lot more information than I was able to find (laughs) online. And so I'm so glad that you were able to provide some clarity for some of those things and then also add some additional interesting facts. So before we end our interview today, if you guys wouldn't mind, we ask all of our guests at Defending Indiana a couple questions, um, the same questions. And I'll start with Kathleen, because visually you're at the top <laughs> and Melissa's right below okay. you on our video screen. Um, but Kathleen, tell me, what is your favorite thing about Indiana? My favorite thing about Indiana is the Hoosier hospitality. When people come so here, fun. they say... <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm so sorry, Melissa. Well, we're twins on that. When people come here, they always say, everybody here is so nice. Everybody here is so nice. And we're super proud of that. You know, we have the cleanest, friendliest amusement park in Holiday World. We have the Santa Claus Museum. We have um, the Candy Castle and things like that. And that's just in our little neck of the woods. We also have the Lincoln Parks, which are amazing. And then, you know, the whole state of Indiana has an array of different kinds of attractions and different kinds of interesting places. So we're, we're super proud that our whole state is a friendly and, and welcoming state. Okay. And then Kathleen, um, if you could change one thing about the state, what would that be? I would change its um, reputation as being a flyover state. (laughs) I think there are lots of awesome destinations within the state. And I would like for people to know that there are all of these wonderful things in the southern part of the state. Once you get below Bloomington, there really are a lot of neat wineries and you pick farms and, and little gyms like the Lincoln Parks and the Santa Claus area. All right, great. And Melissa, same questions for you, although I know that Kathleen um, stole your first answer, but maybe you can add more. Uh, what is your favorite thing about Indiana? She actually stole both of my answers. Oh, my. But, um, I'll try to expand it. I mean, definitely the Hoosier hospitality is one of a kind in Indiana. I think um, adding to that idea would be the historical relevance of Indiana. In school, You every school, you learn about Abraham Lincoln for example, and he spent 14 years in Indiana. And that's a little known fact for most people. You think of him being born in Kentucky and then Illinois as the land of Lincoln, but 14 years is a significant amount of time. And and that's where he learned how to read. You know, he learned the law and he learned a lot of what kind of shaped the president that we all learn about when we study history. So I think that's wonderful about Indiana. We also have one of two arch abbeys in the United States located right here in Southern Indiana. So um, just kind of adding to what Kathleen said, there's so much here and a lot of it is lesser known than some of the landmarks and historical sites in other areas throughout the country. So I think we're fortunate to have that and our community is proud of those things. Very proud to be 
the the place where Lincoln was raised and and home to all these really neat historical gems. Awesome. And then, so I know you said she stole both ears, but I'm still going <laughs> to ask it anyway. If there's anything that you could change about Indiana, what would that be? Same. I, the recognition. I think Indiana has so much to offer, has so many neat places, some well-known, some not known at all. And I, and I, I wish that that was, that was wider known. Really quick before we go, can you tell us how people can find more information on Santa Claus and all the things you guys do there? Well, for Santa Claus, Indiana, and the whole Spencer County area, anybody can go to santaclausind.org or just type in Santa Claus, Indiana into Google and hopefully we'll come up. But we've got a website full of all the great attractions, the things to do, upcoming events, where to stay when you visit, where to eat, um, and lots of trip planning uh, tips and ideas for anybody considering a visit. All right, everybody, go check out Santa Claus, Indiana. Thanks so much for all of this information. It's been a real pleasure speaking with both of you. Thank you. Thanks, Colleen. Mm -hmm. Defending Indiana, featuring Colleen Brennan and Janice Rodriguez, is produced by Colleen Brennan and Janice Rodriguez. Theme music and sound editing by Michael Miltenberger. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed what you heard today, you can subscribe to Defending Indiana wherever you find your favorite podcasts.